Hello, everyone, and welcome to Scarredlands, Sins of Shelzar, Dead Man's Rust, Season 2, Episode 2, Journey to the Broadreach, Part 2. I am Travis Legg. Uh, my pronouns are he, him, and I am totally cool with singular they. And uh, I'll be your game master for the duration. Uh, before we dive into the uh, evening's activities, I do want to let everyone know that uh, I believe Origins is this weekend. And uh, if you're heading down that way, um, Onyx Paths books that are carried by Indie Press Revolution will be available in the IPR booth. So if you head over to their booth, you can uh, take advantage of getting physical copies of Trinity Continuum, Scion, Scarredlands uh, books, there's Dice, and there is a sale, I do believe, on select uh, World of Darkness and Chronicles of Darkness books as well. So make sure you check that out. Uh, the sale will also be uh, running online. So if you head over to the Indie Press Revolution website, you should be able to spot that there as well. Um, real quick, we're going to just go ahead and uh, do a round of intros. Have everybody tell us uh, who you are, what you do, who you're playing, your pronouns and their pronouns. And then we will dive into a recap of what happened last week and right into the action for this week. Let's start things off uh, with, uh, let's have uh, Charlung start us off. Please give us your pertinence. Hey there, I'm Corey Frank, a.k.a. Narf on the interwebs. Uh, I use they, them, myself, and uh, so does Charlung, our uh, sorcerer of the elemental plane of water. Excellent. Uh, next up, let's have uh, Charlie give us your pertinence, please. Uh, I am Sarah Sharnover, she, her, and I play Charlie, uh, she, her, they, whatever. Charlie's pretty indifferent. Um, and uh, yeah, that's, I don't know. I don't know what else I was to say. <laughs> that's, that's, that's what you're getting from me today. Fair enough. Ithrin, please give us your pertinence. Hello, my name is Rachel. You can find me stolen fires pretty much everywhere. Uh, I am playing Ithrin the Slytherin. We're both she, her. Uh, yeah, should be fun. She's a druid. Indeed. And uh, last but most certainly not least, uh, we have Alland. Please uh, give us your details. Hi, guys. Um, I'm Melina. She, her. I'm playing Alland, who is an um, ironbred fighter. Uh, also, she, her. And um, today I'm also going to be playing Mike's character, Haiku, who is the he, him, tiefling warlock. So... We'll see how this goes. I'm nervous because I don't want to fuck it up for Haiku too bad, but we'll see. He's going to come back to a dead character. Watch. No. Um, <laughs> I probably wouldn't do that. Probably. Um, so uh, <laughs> when last we met, you all had uh, been escorting Dradaki Bronzeleaf uh, through the Ganges Forest on your way to the Broadreach Horizon. Uh, you met this aged uh, Broadreach dwarf um, at the Knight of Chronicles in Leone. And he's hired you for the princely sum of, what is it, five gold a day to take him uh, to his ancestral, well, his, his, the place of his birth. 
the broad reach horizon at the edge of the Hornsaw Forest, where he has not been since before the Divine War. Um, when you, when last we met, you had laid out for camp and were attacked by, um, what was it, blood moths that attacked you this last time, mm -hmm. I believe? And uh, you were able to kill them, uh, partially able to take on the influx of blood moths uh, due to Ithrin uh, utilizing a <laughs> cone of cold spell from a, from this artifact that she acquired last season during a brief visit to a strange land in the north. Because why use bug spray when you can use a tactical nuke? Exactly. So um, once the bugs have been vanquished, you all managed to get in a long rest, uh, are able to recuperate, and able to sort of keep it moving. Um, the next day or so of travel is uh, relatively uneventful. Um, make your way at a fairly good pace through the woods. Uh, Dradaki is definitely hitting his stride in the storytelling department, um, talking a lot about uh, glorious battles of the Divine War and, and uh, amazing feats of the gods and their champions that he's witnessed um, at those battles. Uh, Rizzi, the Manticora Bard is listening to every word Dradaki says with rapt attention. Um, how are the rest of you dealing with this ongoing? I mean, this is a master bard. He is uh, sitting at a at a passive performance score of like plus 17. So it's not like he's a bad storyteller. Um, but it is almost nonstop while you're traveling. How does this affect everyone's demeanor, if at all? Uh, I think Ithrin would allow herself to be entertained. And like, if it gets to be like too much where it's like, oh my God, I cannot hear one more word in the sound of your voice. She's probably like, I'm going to go forage or on patrol or something to get a break. That's fair. I would assume that Charlie has um, developed coping skills for too much barding. <laughs> That's probably true. Um, is Charlie going to at any point uh, become competitive, jealous, or or uh, perhaps uh, studious? Um, hold on, cats on my headphone. Um, I see that he's very needy today. He is super needy today. I don't know what his deal is, but that's all right. We can snuggle. Um. Trying to think if there's any reason. Sorry, I'm looking at character notes. Oh, it's totally fine. Um, I think mostly um Probably 
paying attention but trying to not be obvious. Okay. It's fair kind of keeping it on the sly. Right. Not... Like I don't want to like turn into like a fangirl or something. Right. That's fair. Uh, and then what about Charlong? Any uh, particular? Um... Oh, you have the other one. Uh -huh. I do. Uh, I think I think I would be just trying to um, maybe take some of the uh, stories he's telling and just you know draw some flash art, so to speak. There's plenty of inspiration there. Yep. Um, so uh, and then write down some notes about the story and who it might be. You know. Sure. Yeah. Sure. And uh, what about Oland and Haiku? What are their? Uh... Um, I know Haiku doesn't like him uh so haiku and i are probably just kind of like hanging back or getting going really forward you know almost like oh you can't hear him very well um because he's annoying and i feel like all would be uninterested in these stories because i really like would rather be smithing so i'm just kind of like let's just get there now at this point like i don't does the guy ever shut up like living from my life of solitude in my fucking furnace and not seeing anyone ever to being constantly in the company of a blabbermouth. I feel like that's how everyone else feels when dealing with me in real life. <laughs> <laughs> also fair enough. So, um, and just so that I'm uh, remembering this correctly, you are currently carrying the cart that has the uh, forge and whatnot in it, right? Mm -hmm. um, so why don't you go ahead and just give me a, a stamina saving throw? And uh, that's going to just be a, a straight up and down save, no advantage or disadvantage, because it's not based on heat in the environment. Uh, sorry, I'm trying to find stamina. Not stamina, I'm sorry. Woo, wrong, <laughs> wrong system. A con constitution saving throw. Oh, okay. I was like, hey, Travis, I we're playing Dungeons like and Dragons tonight. Um, <laughs> All right, let's do it. Uh, eight. Oh, wonderful. All right. You take a level of exhaustion as okay. um, dragging the cart over the uneven ground that barely has walking trails in most places um, is just starting to take its toll on you by the, uh, the end of the um, fifth day of travel. Okay. Um, you know, you feel a little bit, you know, like sore in the shoulders a little bit uh um just just like, just like you had fatigued. about fatigued yeah yeah and okay. aside from areas where you find either naturally occurring clearings or places uh that have maybe been cleared out for ritual purposes a lot of this is just completely overgrown like you know that there are elves that are indigenous to this forest but you certainly couldn't tell it by looking at any part of the forest. Like you don't see any evidence of any movement whatsoever by humanoids through this area. Aside from the occasional walking trail that you sort of happen upon. Are you doing anything in particular when you're uh, resting that uh, fifth night to try to combat your exhaustion? Um. Is there anything I can do? Like, do I have a pipe or something? <laughs> uh, the best thing would be uh, not taking a watch, eating a full meal, um, 
if you have rations, maybe eating those. Um, yeah, I do. You do have sufficient water, so that's not a problem. Um, and just telling everybody else, somebody else can have to take watch. Yeah, okay. I'll tell Haiku, like, dude, I can't handle this right now. And since Haiku doesn't have to sleep, I'm sure he'll take the watch. Um, okay. Yeah. But I'm just basically going like, and then pulling. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. I love it. Um, okay. Uh, so after you give the party the finger and pass out, um, <laughs> let's have a, let's have just a straight up perception roll from Haiku. If you don't mind. Um, I wonder if I can roll. I can't roll for him. Oh, I can. So I'll roll it on mine. And we'll yeah, see. That's, that's fine. Then just add whatever the die roll is to his. Yeah. I'll just Actually. roll like a 20. There you go. Ooh, net 20. But he has the minus one perception. <laughs> That's fine. Um, it's a nice, peaceful night that is free of uh, interruption. Something you could use after the last few days of travel. Are there any downtime activities that anyone wants to do during this peaceful night of rest? I'm going to start talking about how I wish I had brought more tattoo inks. We could have come out of this with a lot of artwork. Uh, Durdaki says, you know, the elves down there, uh, to that end, the elves here are um, prolific tattoo artists. You should be able to get some very fine inks when we reach the Broadreach. It seems uh, that must be one of our first stops after we get you where you're going. Of course. Um, in fact, I'll, if, if I can find, there are a few tattooists I knew, uh, before the war that I'm certain are still practicing. So I'll see what I can do. Maybe get you a deal. Um, with that, you all rest and take off again. Next day, the travel is a little bit easier. But the road, there is still a, a kind of lack of road. So let's have another constitution save from our iron bread. And let's yeah. make this one with disadvantage because you already are sort of nursing sore arms. Sure. Which disadvantage, right? That's correct. Uh, 21 is my with disadvantage. All right, you're good. No exhaustion this time. <laughs> But as you are uh, moving along, you start, you come onto a dirt trail. And after about a half mile of, on the dirt trail, uh, you spot up ahead a set of standing stones, um, which you immediately recognize uh, Ithrin as being like a minor shrine to Denev. Okay. Um, I ask if we can stop so I can pay my respects. Because Deneva is one of the ones that's okay, right? Deneva is the nature uh, titan that sided with the gods during the Divine War. 
She's she's the one Titan that people don't mind you worshiping. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Okay. So that yeah, in that case, I will ask if we can stop to uh, pay our respects. Uh, Dradaki says, "Well, of course." Yeah. You know, I saw it in Evan Battle once. Starts talking about. Um, as you're making your way up to the uh, tree that's in the center of the standing stones, why don't you go ahead and give me a perception roll there, Ethan? Oh, 21. You see some movement in the tree. And then you hear like a frustrated sigh almost like, ah. Oh. <clears throat> Can I help you? A woman-like creature with flesh of, of tree bark and hair of leaves drops down out of the branches. And she looks at you like and tilts her head to the side and says, you can't be here already. My leaves haven't even changed yet. Uh, sorry. Well, I can swing by on our way back. Swing by? She gets up closer, cautiously looking at the rest of your party. And says, oh, okay, you're just wearing... You're just wearing her badge. You're not her. You mean the snowflake jewel? Yeah. It's winter. Oh, yeah. It's got some real cool frost powers. But uh, no, I just wear it. You just wear it? Does she know you have it? Uh, I think so. Okay. She's kind of icy. I mean, I'd give it back if she wants it back, but no one's come for it yet. I mean, that's, no, that's totally fine. Hey, listen, are you friends cool? Oh, yeah, these are my friends. Hey, friends, I found a talking tree. We're not very cool. We're kind of, we kind of suck. I mean, are, are they cool to let in? Oh. Yeah, I mean, they won't set anything on fire if no one throws the first punch. <clears throat> I, I mean, I don't care if someone punches them. I would really like them to not set anything on fire here. Yeah, I mean, that guy's kind of shady, but, you know, just he'll pick your pocket, mostly. Oh, that's okay. I don't have pockets. Come on in. <laughs> She starts walking in and as she's walking in, she like reaches her hands up and um, you see like fruits start to like sprout, ripen, you know, grow and like fall to her hand. Like as she holds her hands out and she starts offering each of you fruits. Ithrin uh, will never turn down food. I will observe whether Ithrin dies of eating this fruit, and then I will also <laughs> eat the fruit. 
maybe having the Slytherin who are like poison resistant be your food taster is probably not the best po- policy. <laughs> now this is fine. <laughs> <laughs> like all of the chalices are poison. They're just <laughs> to poison. <laughs> um, she, uh, Ithrin eats the fruit and not only do you feel fine, Ithrin, but you, um, We'll have advantage on any uh, strength, dexterity, or constitution saving throws until you complete a long rest. Oh, neat. And you gain five temporary hit points. Neat. Uh, oh, wow. This is, this is really good. Thanks. I made it myself. Yeah. Guys, try the... I don't, I don't even know what it is, but it's, it's fruit, and it's real juicy, and... I'll try one. Why not? She hands it to uh, to um, Charlone and kind of looks expectantly. And you take a bite and feel the same sensation. It, it tastes like perfectly ripened, uh, like a citrus fruit. Mm-hmm. Oh, after a long travel and nothing but uh, camp food, this uh, fresh fruit is delicious. Long travel. Can I cast identify on this fruit? Yeah, absolutely. I'd like to do that before I go eating anything. Uh, I assume you're not going to ritual cast it. You're just going to cast cast it. Yep, just going to cast it. Um, So the fruit is, it appears to be acting as like a a potion of aid um, with a bit of a um, enhanceability effect worked into it. There's nothing concerning about it. It doesn't seem to have any curses that it's carrying or any sort of like negative ma- magical effects. No. Okay. I'll um, eat one too then. You can, you can also tell actually with the identify spell uh, that it appears to be directly like you feel a chain of energy going from the fruit to the hamadryad, basically through the tree, uh, into the very ground of Skarn itself, as if this is some. This is like directly sprouting from Denev's energy. Gotcha. Okay. How about you? She holds one up for uh, Alan. I will also take one gladly since none of my friends have died. <laughs> well, and I'll I'll let everyone know that I that they're safe. I'll still like, and then I'll eat it. Um, it's really good. It's probably uh, I would imagine. a type of sweet you haven't encountered much mm-hmm. you know what i mean um yeah. there, there's not a whole lot of like uh sweet citrus in the desert <laughs> you know so so it kind of probably makes your eyes water a little bit <laughs> and and tickles your nose but it's good nice i tell her like oh thank you very much this is really delicious yeah, no problem. Back the tears. <laughs> we don't get a lot of visitors through here. What about your uh, your devil friend? We certainly uh, don't get a lot of devils here. 
<laughs> uh, he's not a devil, um, but sure. Um, and then I'll hand like a fruit to Heiko from her. And then I'm sure he will like be highly suspicious of it, but then he'll <laughs> eat it and be like, oh my God. Yeah. Like, sniff it and like sit in the corner with it for a minute. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, he says, we don't get a lot of travelers through here, especially. Uh, you're not elf. Nope. <clears throat> we are not. We're just passing through. Are you, are you here hunting? We're trying to find a rug so I can cough up a hairball. I can't throw up anywhere but a rug. I understand. I don't understand. <laughs> and she turns her attention to uh charlie and um and uh why am i forgetting her name the other manticore that you're traveling with oh um when she asks are you here hunting no should we be I mean, I've been foraging a little bit as we've been traveling. She says, well, out of all the people here, the only ones that look familiar are you two. She points at Charlie and Rizzy. You mean just just because we're Manacora? Yeah, that's what it's called. Manticoras. Yeah, that's you're the only ones I've seen before. I mean, and she walks over to Ithrin and says, I've never seen a, a ferret talk before, but like, I, I guess it makes kind of sense. And she walks over to uh Alan and says i've seen some elves ride a creature that looks like you but it didn't <laughs> walk on its legs like you do i get that a lot she says and i've heard about your your people and she looks over at charlotte but you seem nice, so I'm not too worried about it. What exactly is this place? Well, it's my grove. And some of the some of the druids were nice enough to set up all these neat stand, standing stones and and these sculptures and they, they bring healing and they, they channel the energy of the forest down into Denev where she sleeps. I mean, I, I like it here and I'll lean over and like whisper to Charlong, like it's a shrine to Denev. So plant creatures and stuff like that is pretty normal.
She says, we just don't get a lot of visitors. The Druids come by once in a while and, you know, make sure everything is clean and safe, but it doesn't take a lot of maintenance here. And she holds her hands up and another round of those fruits fall down and she hands another round of fruit to everyone. I gladly take the fruit and put it in my satchel and I say something like, well, I being from the desert, I've never seen such luscious green such as this. Um, it's really beautiful here. You're from the desert? I have a third cousin that's uh, attached to a cactus, so I've heard of the desert, <laughs> but I've never been there. I wish I could travel. You can't travel? Well, no. I can't go very far from me. She points at the tree. Oh, I see. I mean, don't get me wrong. It's beautiful here. And I like it. But it'd be nice to see sand, I think, was what my cousin told me. Yeah. Um... Uh, I know exactly what we should do. Uh, I'll poke my head out <coughs> and wave the bard over. Uh, which one? There's three of them there. Uh, the, the one who's been telling <laughs> stories all, all day. Oh, Dradaki? Okay. Yeah, he walks over. Yeah, it'd be like, tell her stories about the desert. Um, sure. And he starts talking about a battle that he uh, <laughs> fought in in the place that's, uh, you know, now where the undead rule and, and all the land is poisoned. Yeah, that's not the kind of stories we wanted you to tell her, Dardaki. I say mostly to myself. I wonder if I have like a photo album or something <laughs> that I can put somewhere like nice pictures of horses frolicking in the desert, you know? A, a photo album? Probably not. Um, and or like given, a sketchbook. And or given, I was going to say, given your relationship with your family, I don't know if you have any visual keepsakes of them. Do you? This is true. Probably not of them. Maybe just some not safe for work stuff stashed for, you know, uh, reminiscing. But um, do I have any, I don't know, like, a Smith is an artist, right? And I also make jewelry. I wonder if I have anything that, like, I drew. Or, Charlene, have you ever been to the desert? Did you ever, like, draw the desert or sketch it somewhere with your tattoos? But you've been to the desert with Charlone before. Yeah, yeah, no, we were definitely in the desert. I don't feel like desert is typically a tattoo uh, people are wanting, but I, I don't know. Maybe somewhere I drew the desert one morning. It was actually um, probably a desert night. It most likely, yeah. Like, maybe because I'm really like into a, the stars, right? So like, maybe there's like yeah, a like, campsite picture of us in like the desert but it would probably be more about the stars than the desert says that's okay if there's any sand in it i really wonder what it looks like oh yeah actually uh i wonder if you wouldn't in your like smith toolkit have some sand for like quenching Ooh, would things. it have some sand oh quite possibly yeah 
you might actually have like a, a handful of sand or like a pouch full of sand basically okay i'll go grab but i like i'll remember it's like hang on i'll be right back and i'll go to my cart and i'll find a pouch full of sand and then i'll bring it to the dryad so she can see and then i will open it with like a flourish and like dump it some in like my hands and like hold it out for her she like puts her hands out i dump it into her hands and she like rubs it on her face and then like puts some in her mouth and like spits it out and like oh it's so it's so granny yeah i love it (laughs) (laughs) it's almost like the the dirt that the road made out of yeah but imagine that only even less nutritious miles wow with the, like one or two cacti for kilometers for <laughs> what is the unit of measurement in dnd for she's, it's miles but <laughs> she's just like yeah. acres I was like acres yeah, for paces for several iron bread head-to-head <laughs> neat for Sounds at least the like length of the river running near here and you brought this all the way from there well, I use it sometimes to make things out of. Oh, did I ruin it? No, I, I let you have it. It's yours. You can keep it. Oh, she starts trying to scoop some of it up. And she says, well, I really feel like you've given me a great service. Is there anything else I can I can give you to make up for, for this wonderful gift? And she starts like picking it out from under her nails. It's into everything. It, it does. <laughs> She's cute. Uh, what could I want? No, I think just the kindness of doing this to somebody who's so kind of naive and innocent is good enough for me. Like, she's no other people we have met. <laughs> she says, so where are you going? We don't get a lot of travelers through here. Well. We're just taking our friend here back to his birthplace. He hasn't seen him forever. Um, it's called, what is it, Broad Beach? Broadreach. Broadreach. Broadreach Horizon. Have you heard of it? Yeah. That's not good. <laughs> well... You know what happened to the Broadreach, right? I look you at Judaki. That's where Mormo died. Is is this something that we should know? Well, you know that the Hornsoft Forest is where Mormo died. Oh. Yeah, but that that was a while ago. And people live there now. But what about the unicorns? What about the unicorns? Oh, one of the druids from here about 200 years ago came through. Well, I guess about 100 years ago came through and had the head from one of those unicorns and it was all spiky what people are killing unicorns 200 years ago 
Um, Jiraki says, yeah, the once long ago before the divine war, um, unicorns were all over the place in the Broadreach. And when Mormo died, her blood, among the other things that corrupted, uh, twisted the unicorns, turning them into murder machines with serrated horns. In fact, that's where the forest proper gets their name gets its name now. That sounds terrifying. The dryad says it was pretty scary. I mean, that place is always kind of yelling out in pain. You can even hear it if you listen real close from all the way up here. And this is why I wanted to take the river. Uh, even if we took the river, isn't that where we were going to end up? Well, Jerdaki says, I assume this little lady doesn't get out much. The horn saw, yes, borders on the Broadreach horizon. It was called the Broadreach beforehand. And uh, from what I'm told, I haven't been there, but from what I'm told, the elves have cleaned up a small patch of the forest on the north side. And that's where all the settlements are now. Somehow they've managed to undo Mormo's corruption. I'd imagine through no small effort. Uh, well, you have been so kind and hospitable to us. Um, do you know of any way where we could cross safely? Any advice on living in harmony with that piece of land? I don't know, but maybe you should talk to the... I bet the the elves here would know a little bit about it. Here, in fact, she breaks her pinky off and hands it to you, Ithram. Oh, uh, thanks. Yep. If you see any of the elves, just show them that. And they will know that I gave it to you freely. And they will help you out. Oh, thank you so much. Um, is, is there anything that, um, that we can do for you? Like, I got a whole bunch of preserved wolf meat and I could bury some at your roots if you want. Uh, meat doesn't do my roots a whole lot of good. Um, this is going to sound silly, but can I just can I just touch your necklace for a minute? Uh, sure. I'll just like hold it out like on the back of my hand. All right. She reaches up and cups it in both hands. And when she does, you see like all of the leaves that are actually on the tree uh, start to take on like orange and red hues. 
Um, and like a little bit of frost kind of appears on her brow. Her eyes completely ice over. Um, I will keep an eye on her to make sure that like she's not doing anything that's like gonna hurt her. She holds it for about 30 seconds or so and then lets go and backs up and says, I just wanted to see the trees up north and make sure they're okay. And she shivers. And when she shivers, the frost falls off of her uh, eyebrows. And when it does, the leaves all sort of shimmy on the tree and start to go back to their green state. Um, okay. Uh, is, is there any way that I could figure out like what that indicates or what that means? Uh, you want to make a religion check? Yeah. Oh, that's a six. No effing clue. Okay. Uh, Ethan will just make a note of it in case it comes up later. Um, but she's not super surprised that like this snowflake necklace like kickstarts winter. <laughs> I mean that's fair. Makes sense. Um once uh does anyone else have anything else they want to do in the grove? Um, I'm just gonna like say like a short prayer okay um and then just then i'm ithran's ready to go is there anything in particular you would like to pray to denev or just a general hey sleep tight oh. don't let the bed bugs bite yeah i mean like a whole bunch of stuff like that was fairly good just happened so you know thank you uh help guide us to live in harmony with all living things Please keep the evil unicorns away from us. Excellent. Um, with that, uh, the dryad makes sure that you each have one of those. So you can mark down that it uh, grants you five temporary hit points, um, gives you advantage on uh, strength, dexterity, and charisma or constitution saves, rather. Uh, what is and that? once. You can just call it like Denev's fruit. Um, and uh, once you eat it, it lasts until you complete a long rest. What is the con save? Is it plus five? No, it gives you advantage. Advantage. Yep. So you each have one of those. One more than the one she gave us before. Yeah, you all ate the first one. Yeah, and then she gave us one more. She gave you one more, and then she gave everybody else one more. So you have two, and everybody else has one. Okay. And then uh, she gets back in her tree. Well, that was productive. Indeed, Draki says, but uh, are we all ready to go? Uh, I am, yes. Excellent. 
Uh, you get back on the road. Why don't you go ahead and give me a um, survival check there, Ethrin, since you're kind of doing the navigating, right? <gasps> Nat 20. 27 Excellent. total. Uh, you find a couple of shortcuts and places that are a little bit easier for Alan to navigate the cart, um, which cuts about a day off of the journey, you figure. Nice. Yeah, not too shabby. Um, as you're continuing on, uh, you make your way along a riverbed. And as you're traveling along the riverbed, you do see some signs of blood moths uh, in that region. You figure you can go around it and probably add another two or three hours to your journey, or you can just go through it and try to cope with the, the blood moths. I mean, we, we saved so much time with the shortcuts that I don't think uh, a couple more hours in the balance would be, like, terrible. Okay. So you go around leave the, leaving the blood moth nests undisturbed. And continue your journey. After about three more days of downtime, um, You arrive basically at kind of the very southern edge of the forest. Uh, you're, you figure you're probably two, three hours from um, making your way officially into the hills. Um, there's a set of hills between where you're at and where you're going. You're all set up kind of for camp. And let's just have everyone give me a basic, regular, old perception check, please. Nineteen. Nice. Nineteen also. Nice. Six. I got a one. Awesome. So the two of you... I didn't botch. I got a one. Okay, so after modifiers... So the two of you are very wrapped up in kind of whatever uh, Dradaki is talking about at the given moment. Uh, but Ithrin and Oland definitely see uh, some movement in the trees around you. Uh, humanoid movement, you can tell that at least two of the people that you spot are carrying either staves or bows and there's probably you count probably five people in total kind of making a circle around you uh heads up i think we're being surrounded guys i already pulled out my longbow excellent I'm going to cast Mage Armor. Excellent. Anybody doing anything else? Did you no. say some something, Sarah? Or were you... I said nope. Okay. 
I'm going to cast Shalala on Mustang. Excellent. Alan, give me a strength saving throw, including your advantage for having eaten the, or no, you, you, the fruit was a couple days ago, so you're not an advantage anymore, but just regular strength saves. Okay, strength? Yep. Oof, seven. So you've got your bow like in your hand and an arrow comes out of the trees and like disarms you, like knocks the bow out of your hand. And you hear a voice echo. You're not quite sure where it's coming from saying, if I wanted you dead, that would have killed you. Um, as a elf steps out of the trees. Uh, they're about six foot five. They're wearing a hood and cloak that looks like it's made entirely out of leaves. And carrying a razor bow. What's a razor bow? It's a bow and arrow that's got on either side of the bow is like a blade sticking out of the edge of the so like oh, a recurve like bow. Like a bow with a bayonet kind of. Yeah, oh, except on both like sides, a yeah. Fat left that shoots arrows. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I enjoy and, a good bat lift. An arrow bat lift. No to self. I'm gonna make one. <laughs> I saw uh, it like, oh, that's a really cool bow, dude. <laughs> yeah. Uh are you getting bow envy, Holland? <laughs> I am. I, I'm very bow envious right now. Uh, Ithrin trying to defuse the situation will play a little dumb. Uh, oh, hey, the tree said we'd meet you. Did they? Yes, they told us to show you this. And I'll show them the dryad finger twig. Any of you speak Elvish? Uh, Good question. Nope. If I can find my character sheet, it'd be helpful. No. Excellent. You said nope. something in Elvish, and um, there's kind of a, a few chuckles, and you see uh, about ten elves come out of the trees. Is it rude to cast comprehend languages? Uh, not in most places. Like, what I think this would be a problem you don't, if I just threw it on myself real quick. You don't assume so. You would figure that they would recognize it's not a hostile spell. Okay, I'm going to cast it. Uh, you hear a couple of them. Uh, the, the chatter between them uh, seems to be like they're... You know, we don't usually have strangers this far inside the Ganges. Um, if the trees like them, though, they should be fine. Uh, just keep your weapon at the ready anyway. That kind of, like, that's kind of the, the, the gist of the chatter. Okay. <clears throat> I just want to make sure we're not going to get... And the yeah. one... Shanked. <clears throat> the one who spoke first sort of steps forward and says... Uh, uh, we are but a humble patrol, um, and we like to go through and make sure that no titans spawn our uh, 
infesting our area. And you see, and you see, he does kind of shoot a look like around it, mainly at Charlung, but also kind of shoots eyes to Island a little bit when he's talking about Titan Spawn. Well, I'm not a unicorn. He says, I've heard stories that some of your people have left the service of Thalcus. You're calling yourselves what? Ironbread? Yes. I fought a band of Sutek once during the war. They are terrifying enemies. You can say that again. So any warrior who has the bravery to step away from them has my respect. Are we going to like bro clasp now? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. You put your hand out to bro clasp with them? Yeah. He takes your hand. Definitely gives you like a good, you know, clasp. Cool. <laughs> and he says, what of you? And he looks to Charlotte. Um, just a humble sorcerer traveling the lands, seeing what I may. So what brings you all here to the Ganges? Oh, just um, passing through. It's uh, uh, in between where we were and where we want to be. That's all. He kind of looks past you at Durdaki. Smiles and says, you didn't tell me you were traveling with a scoundrel. Walks over and picks Dr Dradaki up and says, I haven't seen you since the Battle of the North Fall. I whispered yeah. to Heiko, like, some of the stories were true. <laughs> <laughs> Sets him down. Any friend of Dradaki's is a friend of the Ganges. Um, yes. Uh, fetch us you know, drinks, I guess. Drinks, drinks, drinks. Everybody starts pulling out wineskin. Um, he says, so you're planning on going to the Broadreach? Uh, yeah, that's the plan. Well, uh, it's fortunate that we've run into one another then. Uh, we can offer you trade, uh, advice, um, and escort to the edge of the forest come morning. We don't leave the bounds of the woods generally. Uh, I'm sure you understand. All of those are most welcome. I'm like, can I just see your bowl real quick? I think it's a beautiful weapon. And with your permission, I would like to be inspired by it to make something of my own. He uh, takes the bow and hands it over to you and says, we're uh, trained with those from a very young age. 
they come in very handy in a fight. Uh, the arrows for when we're far from our opponent and the blades for anything that's brave or stupid enough to get close. It is a very intelligent design. I will give you that. Handed down to us from Denev herself. That's awesome. The more I hear about this Denev, the more I am fond of her. Do your people not uh, teach much about the divine war? I don't think, do they? It, maybe I was just a bad student. You know? <laughs> I was uh, doodling uh, weapons in my notebooks and then didn't listen in class. Sure. Um, and there is a lot of like uh, druids of Denev, like even druids of Denev are sort of barely tolerated in ironbread culture. Like any other druid is just pretty much instantly put to death. Because um, Titan worship is a, a big no-no for the iron bread. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, so you probably haven't heard much about the Nev. You've heard about the Divine War, obviously, but you also heard about it, you know, um, from the perspective of a bunch of people who were on who believe that they were on the wrong side of it for most of their history, you know? Yeah. So I just heard biased information and never got to hear this side. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. That makes sense. He says, so um, are there supplies you need? Anything that we can do to ease the burdens of your journey? Uh, you must've really impressed the, Hamadryad, she doesn't generally hand out uh, such tokens. Really nice. She gave us fruit and told us about this forest and... I got a bunch of wolf meat to sell. Do you? I still have 65 pounds of wolf jerky. It's uh, not good anymore almost, right? I mean, it's jerky, so it's probably still good. Um, you see, we generally don't eat the flesh of animals, but uh, perhaps we can um, make some do of it with, uh, you know, in, in our dealings with outsiders. We've recently begun a bit of trade with the gleaming valley and they're always looking for food certainly uh i i have no idea what it would be worth but if and we'll try and negotiate a fair price sure um go ahead and give me a persuasion roll if you don't mind i'm gonna have you do it at a disadvantage though because you know it's meat and they're and you're talking to a bunch of vegans. So. Uh, oh, hey, uh, 15. Nice. Uh, they say, I tell you what, we'll give you uh, 100 gold worth of supplies in exchange for that. That sounds like a good deal. What, uh, what, what are you lacking in? Um, I would uh, like to point guys, out. What do we need? 
if it wasn't obvious, um, the, uh, every one of these elves is is covered in tattoos. Oh, um, yeah, uh, I would happily trade them the uh, what I've got for like any sort of like tattoo ink, special needles, or like whatever Shiloh thinks that they would want. Yeah, I mean, I'd be interested in the cultural exchange too, because I basically carry a book of like tattoos from all the different regions I've visited. Mm -hmm. And so would love to collect a few from them if they have any like common designs that are, you know, et cetera. And offer my uh, services if, or, uh, you know. They tell you uh, the art itself of our tattoos is usually quite sacred. Uh, there are some of us who have tattoos that are less spiritual, um, but we don't generally share particular techniques. However, inks and supplies we can do. Um, and we'll happily tell you, you know, that, like they, they start explaining like the significance of their tattoos and things like that. Um, why don't you go ahead and give me a wisdom roll with your per proficiency bonus uh, that you would apply for tattooing. So if you've got um, like expertise in your supplies, apply that as well. Be right back. Sure. Uh, it looks like you're talking, but we're not hearing anything. Oh, I'm sorry. The doggo was barking. Uh, so oh, I, I keep having to mute. Um, yeah, the uh, that was a 14 on the die and our plus three. So 17. 17. Cool. Yeah, you can definitely recognize that, like, it doesn't look like anyone who wasn't a master tattoo artist have touched any of their flesh. Yeah. Like, like they, they're they very high quality. Uh, you do spot a few of the tattoos as being, um, like, probably the, the most common tattoo you spot is probably rare on them. Um. And they're just several of them are like head to toe covered. There's a few that have like untattooed backs of their hands, untattooed faces, and they do appear to be the younger of them. I was gonna say my body's um, pretty covered, and they're all kind of glowy because I have my mage armor up. So right. there's there's time to share and talk about mine if they're interested. I don't know if they are, but I'm always Absolutely, happy to yeah. share that shit. And one of the younger ones says, you know, I'd heard from some of our traveling cousins from the South that uh, your people have made great strides toward honorably upholding uh, their, their surrender. And that there's even been some 
of your kind mingling with elven communities outside of the forest. It intrigues me. I grew up so far from any of the conflicts that I don't even understand why it exists. I was born right at the tail end of it, so all I have is stories from these old timers. The leader says, you be grateful, boy, that that is all you have. Because you'll have to forgive uh, Leaf. He's naive. And sometimes we forget how young your people can be. There was a time work when we would have slain you for coming near our woods. But truth be told, I do not miss it. Well, it is. Definitely, you're it's oh, been ahead. it's been an honor to see the sights and uh, to meet the spirits of the wood. And you've traveled all the way here from Leone, you say. Uh, yes, by way of Shelzar and others as well. That's a long way. I told you, I just appreciate collecting the knowledges and cultures of the world that I can. Well, then perhaps take this And he hands you a container that's got about 200 gold pieces worth of magical ink in it. Perhaps uh, you'll find our cousins to the south a little more willing to share their secrets of the art, but uh, I'm sure you understand the role that the tattoos play with our people. I do. It's a deep culture. Indeed. I believe for both of us. Well, perhaps we're more alike than we ever realized. In the interim, if there's nothing else you need, uh, my people and I will uh, keep watch over your camp and ensure that no, nothing intrudes with you so you might have a peaceful night of slumber uh, that's appreciated thank you and we will escort you to the forest's edge in the morning um Anything that anyone else would like to do while you're all gathered around this campfire? I feel like it's pretty settled. Okay. 
they take the um, jerky and he kind of hands it to one of the younger elves and says, put that in your backpack. We'll take it to the legionnaires. They can distribute it among the people. All right. You all rest for the night. It's probably the calmest and quietest night of rest you've had since you arrived in the Ganges. Aren't even really bothered by the sounds of wildlife. It's as if the elves are able to keep even the small woodland creatures away. Uh, as you rise the next morning, you gather your things and make your way south. The southern end and to the hills. As you step clear of the forest, out to the horizon line, as far as you can see, it's basically just empty hilly land. And that continues for the entire first two days of travel. You come across a few small game animals enough to keep you sustained, not really anything more. And on the third day, you can kind of see some, you know, the, the peaks of trees on the horizon. By the middle of the fifth day of travel, let's go ahead and get one survival roll from Ithrin to see how well fed you all are by the end of this. Uh, 24. We're very well fed. Yeah, you're able to forage successfully the entire trip. Yay. I think because I'm so grateful for Ithrin for feeding us like this entire time, basically. I kind of want to make them a myth, kind of like what a myth world armor is. So I'm secretly doing that too. Okay, uh -huh. so you're, you're like working on some armor for them? Yeah. Excellent. But like a very light, very like leafy patterned armor. Okay, cool. Um, why don't you go ahead and just give me a, uh, let's do a, a either strength, or intelligence, your preference, uh, including your um, proficiencies and whatnot. Uh, okay. So I'll do strength. I did not roll well. So that's six, then plus three, that's uh, nine. Excellent. Um, just make a note of that as your first roll. Okay. You do have, uh, you know, your inspiration that you started with, which you could spend if you wanted to. Um. Yeah, I will. So I'll just re-roll that. Sure. Come on. Ooh, not 20. So that's 26. 
Deliga. Worth it. Make a note of that as your uh, roll result. Yes. And as you're coming up on the sort of border of the forest on the last day, um, you start to hear some discordant piping music filling the air. Uh, and as you look around to the south, you see a band of cadaverous forms shambling at the tree line. Uh, they seem to be partially marching and partially like dancing in kind of a arrhythmic mockery of normal dance. They don't seem to have seen you yet, but they're definitely moving along the same route, basically. They would they would intercept you, it looks like. Uh, all right, so do we prepare to fight or do we hang back and hide until they pass or what do we want to do, team? Tradaki says, I'm certainly not a fan of undead this close to the horizon. Um, why don't each of you go ahead and give me a history roll, please? Seven. Thirteen. Excellent. Sixteen. Excellent. Twenty-two. Wonderful. So with a thirteen and a sixteen, the two of you uh, recognize that these are wearing the... They're wearing, like, tattered clothing, but some of the clothing... Uh, has symbols on it. Uh, all the clothing is black, and some of it has like large symbols, not so much painted the way you would expect like a military rank to be, where it's um, you know small. It, it, it seems to be as if it's been painted to be able to be seen from a great distance. And you recognize them well enough to know that these are markings that are used by. Uh, the armies of Glivid Autel, the necromancer community that exists on the western border of the Hornsaw Forest. Now, uh, you got a 20 what? 22, but it was a net 20. So Okay, plus excellent. Uh, you recognize those things as well as you remember some stories uh, that you actually heard in Shelzar from someone who has escaped from Glivadato, that they were once a the people of Glivadato 
were many ages ago part of the governing body of hollow faust the city of necromancers city of good necromancers um near the desert and they had a strong disagreement the this group called the society of immortals uh, had a strong disagreement with the rest of the members of the Holofaustian government and basically left after being threatened with uh, death and immortal, you know, uh, forfeiture, I believe is what they call it in Holofaust, where they kill you and then resurrect you to serve. Um, these evil necromancers took off claimed a former holy site on the edge of the Broadreach forest and created their own kingdom, this place, Glividatel, that is supposedly to this day ruled by lich kings uh, who still live from that initial group. And they, their basic goal is to uh, rule all of Skarn by turning everyone into undead that they control. Fuck. I tell everyone to hide. Hide. I'm like, basically, whoever's near me, I just kind of like pull their heads down and we like duck out of the way. Like, we're not facing these guys. Like, this is no good, senor. You know what I mean? Like, and then I explain that th these are the um, the army from Galibidotel and like, we don't want no part of this. Jordaki says there's not that many of them. Says the person that never helps in combat ever. How clustered together are they? Um, I believe you should be able to see them now. Oh, yeah. Jordaki says, I'm paying you to escort me. If it will make you feel more comfortable... I will help, but I don't think we should allow these undead to wander freely. Uh, among them, you note uh, there's two skeletons, four who seem to have uh, flesh and the, the, a gait that indicates that they're zombies. Uh, the person who is carrying like a battle standard um, looks like a more intelligent zombie, possibly a white. And you see one of the fleshy creatures that's walking in the front has like nails and spikes driven into its skin. Um, there's places where the flesh has been peeled away to reveal the musculature and the bone underneath. And it sort of whimpers painfully with every step that it makes causing additional discordant sound. And then I would like you all to go ahead and give me a perception check with advantage, if you don't mind. Whoa, well, I'm glad. 
I'm glad for that advantage because my first roll was a one. The first roll was a two, so. Yeah. So I ended up with an 18 with advantage. Nice. 17. 16. 22. Excellent. You all immediately notice that the... Um, the two in front the one who's got the spikes and is moaning and the one who's carrying the battle standard are both wearing sort of piecemeal cobbled together armor um but you notice that like the bracers and the breastplates of these armor are very clearly marked with sort of the unique personalized markings that a hollow legionnaire would have So should we assume that these are like hollow legionnaires who died and then were risen or that like the armor was stolen? You should assume the armor was stolen because you know that when a hollow legionnaire dies, their, their spiritual energy just dissipates. Like if you don't like immediately cast like revivify mm -hmm. on a hollow legionnaire, they're just gone <laughs> like there's no nobody left this almost happens to um to break on you i think at least once okay if you don't stabilize them their soul just leaves the armor all right and uh what sort of terrain do we have uh so there's a small like creek between you that looks like it's shallow enough to run across and narrow enough to jump um, and then there's just the trees. Couple All right. Yeah, I'm trying to think if there's ways we could make the uh, the terrain work to our advantage. Like certainly, if we like bait them into trying to cross the creek, that might help. This is gonna end badly. Well. No, we can take them. I can summon a huge wave to take out a decent line of them probably early. I know there is oh, some yeah, other AOE. Idea. We could just, we could surprise, hit you with the giant Kona cold and the tidal wave at the same time. Or after, get them wet and then freeze them. Those are options. You also do notice that now that you're a little bit closer and looking a little bit better, that the skeletons don't appear to be constructed from like one set of bones each, but they appear, appear to be like a collage. Um, basically, like several humanoids were crafted together for each of the skeletons. You also see that there are designs painted on their bones in like a um, greenish lacquer. Mm hmm. And you catch the sight, the, the slight smell of like rose and jasmine, and you're pretty sure they've been perfumed. Oh, yeah. So if we can get them across, like if we can be like, hey, um, and get them into the stream, I can cast freezing spear freezing sphere which will just fuck them up all the ways 
So like it'll do damage, but then also freezes the water so they won't be able to run at us. Dragaki says, I think it's a brilliant plan. How do you want to get their attention? Uh, Ithrin will pick up a rock and like look at it and like I could throw it. He grabs both of his hand axes. Be ready? Yeah, I've I cast mage armor before we get into the because <laughs> having anybody to cast a, it in the combat. Anybody have a pre-combat spell or action or item or anything they want to activate? I'm gonna stuff one of the fruits right in my face hole. Right. <laughs> Just kind of power eat this fruit. You eat one of your fruits. Uh, any anything for uh, for Charlie? No, I'll probably eat my fruit then. Okay. Carolyn? Uh well Mage Armor. Mage armor. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Uh any pre-combat action besides throwing this rock, Ithrin? Um, just ready the uh amulet to cast the spell. Okay. Um I have dropped everyone's initiative. I will add the bad guys and your allies. And we will begin with Ithrin throwing this rock. Um, so go ahead and give me just like a ranged attack roll. Yeah, like, hey, Fugly, it looks like someone hasn't been drinking their milk. Fuck. Uh, right. What would you like me to roll? Uh, it would just be a, a proficient dexterity. So probably the same uh, roll for like a dagger if you have one. 13, and then if I get to add my proficiency, that's a 16. All right. Uh, which one would you like to clock with that rock? Um, I think the white. Excellent. You hit the white in the face, and the white looks over and uh, shouts a command in... Uh, Dunahan, do any of you speak Dunahan? I do not. Wonderful. Just checking out movement. Okay. Uh, so the white is going to start. Who's drawn on my map? I don't, um, I, I, I don't know. <laughs> Uh, the white is going to start off this way, uh, commanding the others to join. As they do. And I'm just going to check and see if any of them have any ranged effects. Give me a half a second here to do so. No! Stupid brush tool. All right. Okay. As a bonus action, 
on its turn, the um, pain doll is going to move an extra aggressive toward you. When it hits the river, that's difficult terrain, so it stops there, basically. So it's in the river at this point. But it is the only one. The white okay. is going to let off uh, two longbow attacks, so it's going to put one at uh, at um, Ithrin and one at Alan, because Alan is probably the largest target. So at Ithrin, we have a six. And we have a natural 20 at Alan. Oh, no. No. No, you don't. Uh, that is gonna... 16 piercing, Alan. <laughs> is your hit like in the shoulder with an arrow from this white? Is that considered a melee attack? No, right? No, that is not considered a melee attack. 16 piercing yeah. damage? Fuck. I know, and, yo. I told you all this was a bad idea. <laughs> Don't forget it. The first com first five comes off your temporary hit points, which are now gone. Yeah, um, excellent. All right, Charlong, it is your turn. What would you like to do? Um. So I have a thirty foot long, ten foot wide, ten foot tall water thing. Kind of wanted the to wall just of water? Uh, tidal wave. Okay. I wanted to like go up this way. Okay. Should be able is to that, get all of them. Ten is foot that a wide. Throw? Yeah, uh, throw? DC fourteen decks. Uh, okay. for half on forty-eight bludgeoning, which came out to twenty-one. Beautiful. And also, it's like a literal tidal wave rose out of the water, and so there's, you know, the water's still there, too. Sure. What was the DC on the save? Uh, 14, and it's knocked prone on a failed save as well. Half damage on success. Okay, so everyone is knocked prone but the white. And it was how much damage? 21? Uh, 21, yeah, or 10. So the white will take 10. And it's bludgeoning. Yeah. And the white has resistance to bludgeoning, so the white will take 5. Double check the pain doll. No special resistances there. The skeletons are vulnerable to bludgeoning, so they take 42. Hell yeah. Uh, I think that's going to be the end of a couple of skeletons um, as they shatter into pieces. You grind their bones to dust. A giant may come by later and make some bread out of them. Uh, the zombies have no particular immunities or um, resistances, but and that's like just enough to not kill them. 
So they're alive and prone. The white is still standing and quite angry. That brings us to Alland. Alland. We. You are within, I guess not quite. I mean, sort of. You're within 30 feet of the pain doll. So I need you to make a constitution saving throw, please. Uh, 15 or 20. Okay. So. Wasn't that advantage on concepts for? Yeah, yeah that's the, why I okay. re-rolled it. Just make yeah. sure. So you're at 20. Excellent. So you made your save. So you're going to take half. Of 11. So you take five psychic damage. I'm the only one that didn't want to do this. No, you're not. <laughs> uh, as I never you, want to do any of this. As you feel the pain doll screaming inside your mind, uh, like almost like with a joyful. Um, like a joyful revel at, at sharing your its pain with you. And what would you like to do with your turn? I would like to uh, fucking put a bolt of my crossbow right through its stupid face. Right. It is prone. So you will have a disadvantage because it is laying in, in the water. Mm. But you're 30 feet, to me. you're 30 feet away from it. So you could run up and just drop that. Bring the hammer down. In war hammer. This ha this is hammer time. That will give you advantage because it is prone. Cool. Let's do that. I will hammer time this pain doll into pulp. Let's do Excellent. this. Um, plus six to hit, right? Yep. Um, 19 or with advantage. Woo. 20. All right. You hit. Go ahead and roll your damage. Uh, wait, nine, but that's not the one I was supposed to do. It's two-handed, so it's a 1d10. Yep. So go ahead and roll, roll the red one. That's worse. That's four. <laughs> All right. Uh, and are you using your second? You have extra attack, right? Yes, I do. And I am also going to use it. Uh, so I just roll it again. Yep. Again with advantage, too, because it is still prone. Uh, you want 19. to drag Holland over on the astral? 19 hits. And then damage. Six damage. Excellent. Uh, so you like knock loose a couple of the spikes that are in it and they fall to the ground and you swear it moaned <laughs> with pleasure when you hit it. Motherfucker. And that brings us to Charlie. Charlie. Okay. Um, I'm going to use my uh, bonus action to cast Healing Word on um, Island. Excellent. 
Eight, nine, ten, eleven. Where's my? What do I add, bitch? Uh, Thirteen. Excellent. Um, I like raise my hammer. This bloody. I hope not so bloody, but I'm like, thank you, Charlie. I got you. And with your thirteen, so I think that brings you back to full, doesn't it? No, almost. No, um, yeah, I was gonna say it's what sixteen is where you were under. Yeah, hey, but you but you lost. I was 10, adding it up. You lost five ten. So yeah, I'm I'm uh three points away from it. Yeah, she's been hit twice. Oh right, right, all right. So um, and then I am going to Eldritch blast the white. Okay. Got two bolts. So, oh look at that! That's amazing. Uh, I got a twenty-three. And a 21. Both tap. How much damage is this white sucking down? And that's force damage, right? 14. Let me triple check. Yes. You blast the white and the white screams. Anything else for Charlie? I am good. All right. Jordaki steps forward and let's go with uh, two hand axes at the white. Uh, first one goes wide. Second one absolutely does not. Hits the white in the face for six. Jordaki says, oh, a little rusty and pulls out his war pick. I kind of whispered to Heiko. He's just doing this because I called him out. Heiko nods and does what on his turn? Um, I think oh, Heiko. and uh, Jiraki's going to give uh, Bardic Inspiration to uh, Aland. This does not change anything between us. <laughs> you have a, a D10 Inspiration back. Okay, I read it now. Uh, mm -hmm. Haiku, as usual, is going to uh, Eldridge Blast the uh, white also. All right. So anyway, I started blasting. Yeah, very Haiku. He has two beams, though. So does that mean he gets to uh, do mm -hmm. a hit attack twice? Yep. Or he can, he can either do two on the white or he can split them. Two on the white, I think. Um, all right, so roll a d10 or a d20. Yep. Uh, that's 18 plus six to hit. That'll definitely hit. Go ahead and roll the other to hit and then roll all the damage together. Okay. 15 plus six. Okay, so that'll hit too. So we got. What's the total damage from that then? The damage is going to be uh, 1d10. So I'll roll 2d10. Yep. Sorry, I'm writing it down so I can tell my player. Right. Uh, unless he watches this. Um, d10. Uh, no, that's not the right dice. 
Is that the right dice? Is it the third one from the top? Is it D10? Yeah. The one that looks like a five-pointed star almost. I will roll. I think this is the right one. Yeah. Uh, so six. Is that just it? One D10? Yep, for each, for each bolt. So. Oh, okay. There's no pluses or anything. Right. And then 10. Okay. All right, so you pepper up the white, and like bits start flying off of them. The piece of Legionnaire's armor fl flies off. Um, which one of you got like a 23 on that perception roll earlier? Oh, wasn't it sure long? Yeah, you got the highest perception in this scene, correct, Sean? You're muted. I am checking. Looking back through, I don't remember what my perception check. 17 was my perception. And that was mine. Okay. Yeah. <coughs> Charlie, you notice as this bracer blows off along with the, the white's, like a good chunk of the white's arm, um, you notice there's like rusty metal on the inside of it. Um, and that's the end of Haiku's turn. So that brings us to Ithrin. Hey, you unless, unless, real quick, is Haiku going to move? Uh, yeah, I think he's going to like dash and like hide behind a tree or something. Okay. I'll allow it. Oh, wrong person. Whoop. All right. Sorry about that. Ithrin, what would you like to do? Uh, freezing sphere time. Okay. Uh, so it's got a range of 60 feet, so I'm pretty sure I can catch everybody. Yes. Uh, okay. Uh, so they must make a constitution saving throw, uh, DC 15. All right. Uh, no luck from the white. Pandal made it. And the zombies made it. Uh, okay. So, uh, on a failed save, a creature takes 10d6 cold damage, and on a successful save, it takes half, and I rolled 39. Okay, so uh, the white takes 39, freezes and shatters. What's half of 39? 15, 19? Uh, yeah. No. 18. 19. 19. It's one short of 40, so it'd be 19. Right. Yeah, you're right. I'm no good at math. Uh, Pandal takes 19 and is still alive. The zombies all take only 19, but still freeze. Um, and they're completely encased in ice. Okay, and uh, yeah, the other part of the spell is that if the globe strikes a body of water, uh, it freezes the liquid to a depth of six inches and the ice lasts for one minute. Uh, Alan, make a deck save. 
Um, it's all good. Yeah. So uh, thirteen. All right. You like as the water freezes, it freezes around your ankles. Um, yeah. Still I stuck in place. Uh, a, a trapped creature can use an action to make a strength check against my spell save DC to break free. Uh, my spell save DC is fifteen. Okay. So strength check. Yep. Uh, seven. All right, you're stuck. Yep. Um, Sorry, that, I, I give it to like a look like. That brings us to the pain doll. The pain doll. Like, this was the plan all along. What? I know. I know. Gonna As try I to walked into free. the water to hammer the pain doll, I was like, this is going to end badly for me. Uh, the pain doll sits up, breaks free. Um, you see that uh, like parts of its um, flesh are knitting back together as it regains. No, I don't like this. Um, a D10 plus five hit points from uh, psychically sharing its pain with you, Alan. So it regains seven. And then it's going to try to give you a big old hug. Mother flower. This is where the bladed uh, bow would come in very handy. Um, so there, so the person that's held in the thing is restrained. If they're held in the ice. Uh, yeah. So they have advantage on this attack. 22 get you? Does 22 get me? <laughs> uh, I need you. You take uh, four slashing damage, and I need you to, and you are grappled. Uh, and then they will use their uh, bonus action to uh, impale it on the spikes that are extruding from its body. Uh, you take an additional. No, be two points of piercing damage. No, and I need you to make a Constitution saving throw for me, please, Alland. Now you do have uh, advantage on Constitution saves. Fourteen. Excellent. And then it becomes your turn, Alan. And at the start of your turn, I need you to roll a constitution saving throw again. Uh, 20 or 21. Okay. So you will take half damage from the pain aura. Are you rolling that from the saving throw section, Lena? Uh, I'm just rolling uh, the top. Uh, the when you ask for the saving throw, you might have the if you have the little proficiency on Constitution, probably a oh, more I bonus do. to that. So use that instead. Okay, I'll do that next time. Thanks. Yep. Thanks, Corey. So you take five psychic damage uh, from the pain aura as it's again sharing its pain with you. So now the rest of you see Alan is frozen in place, and this pain doll is like hugging her and you see like the rusty spikes going into Alan's flesh 
and uh, the pain doll like screaming in uh, a painful joy as it Ugh. grinds its sharp body <laughs> against uh, Alan's horse flesh. I will say something like, this is still not worse than my ex-wife. But <laughs> <laughs> um uh, and then I am going to um uh, and I guess an arm strike. Can I use my hammer still or do it? I still have it, but how would I ungrapple them? Uh you can make a uh strength check or strength saving throw at DC 11 to break free. 10. Oh, so close. Um, I guess then I will use, you have a bardic inspiration die. That would be a good time to use it. Oh yeah. So you I just roll it. a D 10. Yep. It's a four. That made it a 14 pass. Yes. Right. So yeah, so you break free of that, uh, but you do not break free of the ice. Um that's fine. I can just stand here and like hammer it, can't I? Can I just hammer it from where I am? Oh, if you want you want to like break hit the pain doll from where you're standing? Absolutely. You're right next yeah. to it. Yeah, so I'll hit the pain doll. 19. Okay. That will absolutely hit. Going and again. then 10 damage. All right, the pain doll is still up, but like you knock its jaw off. Um, and when you do, you have like, an extra attack, right? Uh, you do actually have two attacks. So, yeah, go for it. Um, I'm actually going to yell haiku help and he's going to eldritch blast the pain doll. Does that work? Sure. Um, okay, so I'll use my superiority die. And do I have to roll anything for this? No. no you don't know. He just rolls uh, and then adds a superiority die to what? Damage? Uh, hang on. Let, let me just double check. Um, he can use uh, adding the superiority die to the damage roll, yes. So I need to roll uh, 1d8. That's uh, 2. And then for him, for Eldred Blast, uh, do I have to roll? Anything? Uh, for his, yeah, you roll his attack. He has the 20 plus 6. Okay. I know it goes out of it. Eleven plus 6. 17. Excellent. Um, that's a hit, so go ahead and roll. D10. So that's three plus two. So five. Damage. Excellent. OK. 
can he use both of his bolts if it's if I'm commanding no, him? No, it's just, just one. one. It's just one attack. Okay. Uh, he fires and like the pain doll's head just vaporizes next to your face, Alan, uh, as uh, flecks of flesh and rust fall on your snout. Gross. <laughs> you sneeze. Nothing that, you know, is too alarming. Mmm, gross. Muff it up. And that brings an end to our combat. Um, what is everyone doing once the combat's done? Uh, Dradaki's oh, going to run over to you, uh, Alan, and be like, are you okay? Yes, I'm fine. Thank you for the bardic inspiration. Uh, do, you, do you need healing? Uh, I do, but I feel like we can just rest pretty soon, so I'm okay. Thank you, though. Oh, I feel bad. So take no. nine hit points. Take nine hit points. <laughs> Thank you. Jiraki says, uh, resting seems like a good idea, but I would like to get away from these things. They seem to be wandering on their own. I don't see any signs of a larger force. Yes, I agree. Let's GTFO. Uh, Ifrin will suggest, uh, how, how deep is the stream? I mean, it's knee deep. Like, you can, you can wade through it. Yeah, she'll suggest waiting for a couple kilometers just to, like, disrupt our trail, just in case. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, That's a good idea. Very good. Are you going to do anything about the bodies? Um, I'm going, I, to, going to loot for armor, I guess. Armor pieces yeah. that I could use. Okay. Um, who, who is all going to go into the looting process? Uh, Ithrin will. Just scavenge whatever looks useful. Okay. If anyone finds anything they have questions about, I'll identify, but I'm not going to dig through bodies. Does uh, burning corpses, is that like a help them not come back as undead again or anything? I mean, yeah, generally speaking, undead are a one way, like one yes. use. <laughs> once they've. Once they're returned right, to right. dead after being undead, it's very hard to re reanimate them. So there's um, no uh, un undead? Un right, un undead? Yeah. Very few. I mean, if anybody could do it, it would be the Necromancers of Glibid Hotel. Unre undead. Um, but, I mean, you can always just burn them just to be on the safe side. Um, that's not a problem. Those of you who are looting the bodies, each give me a go ahead and give me an uh, investigation check if you don't mind. We'll be right back. And I would like Ithrin to also give me a constitution saving throw. Uh, 14. And uh, oh, goodness. Six. Not good. Uh, 19 on the save on the constitution throw. Okay. I didn't um, need to do that. Constitution saving throw? Oh, uh, it was just for the people going through the bodies? Yeah, unless, like, hold on, let me see how far away you are. Actually, yeah, you do need to make one, Charlie. Okay, I can't see the terrain, so I have no idea where I am. All I can see is black. 
Oh, you're, I mean, you're like 30 feet away from the, from the river, which is close enough to me to make the soul. That's fine. Not 24. You said con, right? Yeah. Yeah. Is my fruit still active? Yes. That didn't help. Nine. Um, as you're looking through the bodies, you find more, um, pieces of armor that have some of the legionnaires markings on them. Uh, you find they had a couple of weapons on them, but all their weapons seem to have, um, they, they seem to be very well kept, very well crafted. And yet, for reasons that you can't quite discern, there seems to be little patches of rust on a lot of the weaponry. Do you wish to take the weapons, or are you going to leave them behind? They're all otherwise basically mundane, like swords. Yeah, like if they're old and rusted, then uh, Catherine's not going to see a need for them. She's got her own arsenal. Well, um... I would like to have uh, Ithrin, Aland, and Charlie each note in your character notes that you are infected. No. With what? That's an excellent question. Where would this? Uh, where would I put this in my notes? Uh, what's that? Would it be under other? Uh, yeah, other is fine. Oh, why are we infected? Whose idea was it? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, that's where we will uh, wrap things up for this session. Um, <laughs> does anyone have any questions, comments, complaints, or concerns about how today went? Yes, maybe <laughs> I will tell you that what you're infected with is going to have no effect on you system-wise for some time, if ever. Okay. I don't like it. This is the way it works. <laughs> <laughs> Mysterious. My God. That was awesome. Well, I you. wish Haiku had been here to play because he's like got resistance to undead and all that kind of stuff. I'm sure he would have thought of many more cool things to do. That's true. But, you know, next time he can. Yeah, next time. Um, so, yeah, uh, that is our session two. Uh, I do want to remind everyone that if you're enjoying Dead Man's Rest so far, you can pick it up on Backer Kit. Uh, right now, and you get the advanced manuscript, the very manuscript I am using to run the game with. Um, and uh, it's available for pre-order. It's due to ship in 2022. Hopefully, you know, the COVID uh, ridiculousness will with shipping will be resolved by that point. Um, but since we're wrapping up, I'm going to have everyone go ahead and give us their outros. Uh, let's start things off with... Uh, Alland, please tell us who you are, what you do, who you're playing, uh, pronouns and pronouns. Uh, okay, I am Malena, she, her, I play Alland, she, her, in real life. 
I am a artist, illustrator, a curious human being. I just kind of am following my curiosity right now. I don't really have like a job other than teaching or anything. I'm just like, oh, that looks cool. Um, so if you want to follow me on social media, I'm Malena Deneno everywhere, even though I haven't posted much. And I have a Patreon also that I'm going to start uploading stuff to again in October. So uh, maybe find me there. Excellent. Uh, next up, let's go to Ithrin. Please uh, give us your pertinence. Hello, my name is Rachel. You can find me at Stolen Fires pretty much everywhere. Uh, you can find me uh, tomorrow at the Onyx Path channel where I will be running Changeling the Dreaming. And then the day after that, I'm going to be over Warple Tales running Call of Cthulhu. And then after that, I'm going to be offline for a week because I'm going to be in Michigan. Yes, we will. You will be missed here next week. I will be very uh, when cold. We, when we return. So uh, we'll need to figure out who's going to be babysitting Ithrin for next week's session. Um, and uh, next up, I guess that brings us to Charlie. Please give us your pertinence. Uh, I am Sarah Scharnwober, <coughs> she, her. I play Charlie, she, her, whatever pronouns you wish for Charlie. Um, and uh, I'm on Twitch and I'm on YouTube and I have a podcast. Uh, it's a, I'm a quarter of a podcast about Twin Peaks called the Twin Freaks podcast. Uh, and I stream on Thursdays on Twitch and on Fridays on YouTube. Indeed. Oh, and I write books, too. You do write books. The thing, I um, forgot about it. It's the thing that happens. <laughs> um, and then uh, last but most certainly not least, that brings us to Sharlung. Please uh, give us your pertinence. Hey there, I'm Corey, a.k.a. Narf on the interwebs. And uh, yeah, uh, they, them. I was playing Sharlung, also they, them. Uh, you can catch me uh sunday on uh vorpal tales playing some fiasco it's super fun uh also check out uh caves of cud on steam or itch.io uh we're doing some fun stuff if you're into roguelike or rpg games you might find that one enjoyable and uh yeah that's it we are back next week right we are back next week yeah, all right um and that reminds me, or that, I guess, is a good segue. I'm Travis Legg. He, him, or they. Um, you can find me at Travis Legg pretty much everywhere on the internet. When I'm not running games here, I run them periodically over at Plastic Gauge Plays or over at Roll for Seduction, both on Twitch, both channels you should follow and subscribe to. You should also follow and subscribe to this channel. Um, when I'm not running games, I'm writing them. I am the developer for Scarredlands and the person responsible for all of the misery that uh, this party is currently and in the future enduring. Um, yeah, I want to remind you once again that Dead Man's Rest is available for pre-order on Backer Kit. Uh, Scarredlands Creature Collection is already available over at DriveThruRPG. It's available through Indie Press Revolution. If you're going to be at Origins, you can head to their booth and pick up a nice physical traditionally printed copy of it. Um, what else did I want to tell you about that? Oh, speaking of Steam, 
uh, creature collection is now available uh, via Fantasy Grounds. So you can either go to the Fantasy Grounds website or to Steam and pick up your copy of Creature Collection if you're a Fantasy Grounds user. Um, and there is much more to come for Fantasy Grounds very soon for Scarlet's. Um, I guess, uh, yeah, so keep an eye on the Monday meeting notes for any official news on that front. Uh, we will be back here next week. We do run a bit of a strange schedule for this. So we're the first, third, and when there is a fifth, fifth Wednesday of each month on this channel right here for more Scarred Lands action. So please give us all a follow. Uh, let us know on social media what you think. Uh, let you know Sarah and Milena and Rachel know on Twitter what you think they might be infected with. Um, so that they can speculate and guess and stress out over between now and next session. I'd rather you not send me messages about infections. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yes, yeah, speaking of uh, infections, everyone, please go get your shots if you have not yet done so. And if you have done so, the CDC just uh, approved um, booster shots for people who are over 65 or immunocompromised or uh, like myself, um, girthy in nature. Uh, so, um, yeah, if you have a, pre a condition like obesity, asthma, there's a whole list on the website, CDC website of conditions that suggest you get a booster. Uh, so I booked my appointment today and I suggest you do the same. Um, vaccinate, please. Uh, you will save lives. And uh, if you have not done so, please subscribe here. We'll see you again this time next week. Bye.